0: Welcome to the Relationship Church Podcast. What kinds of things do you protect? Your home, your children, your identity? Those are all important, but there's something even more valuable that you need to guard. In today's message, Be On Guard, Pastor Ryan closes out our series on general wisdom by sharing what we need to guard most.
1: way. Um, So we have been talking about wisdom. We have been talking about wisdom um, and we are in the middle of this series on wisdom. And I hope that uh, you've been taking notes. I hope that it's been helping you. I hope that it has been something uh, that you are applying to your life because wisdom that is not applied is just knowledge and knowledge uh, without application is actually good for nothing. If you've got knowledge and you're not applying it, it's good for nothing. Today, I want to talk to you. This is the last of the general um, uh, wisdom. We've talked about things about pursuing wisdom. We've talked about the beginning of wisdom, wisdom being with only uh, acknowledging only wisdom only comes from acknowledging uh, that God is the source of wisdom, the fear of the Lord, the scripture says uh, in chapter number one of Proverbs is the beginning of wisdom. We talked about pursuing wisdom. Um, We talked about Uh, um, so many of the general aspects of wisdom. And so today is our last general Uh, uh, aspect of wisdom. And then this general aspect is to guard or to be on guard or to guard wisdom. So once you've realized what wisdom is, once you have pursued after wisdom, then we've got to guard wisdom. We've got to guard it in our heart because uh, pursuing it and obtaining it is not enough because we know that the enemy comes but to what? To steal, to kill, and destroy. So we've got to make sure that once we've got wisdom, you know, having wisdom is not uh, just a one-time thing. It's, it's something that we have to guard against this thief, this enemy of our soul. We've got to guard against that wisdom being taken from us, amen? Uh, and so this, this message today is, is really near and dear to my heart, and it's one that really blessed me. I hope that it will bless you. Uh, we've talked about guarding our hearts many times before, saying that out of the heart flows the issues of life or the things that, that occur in our life. But what I really want you to understand today is that this is the real key. This part of this uh, of talking about wisdom, this is the real key to living a victorious life, to living a joyous life, to living a peaceful life, to living uh, the life that God put in your heart. Uh, many times, if if uh, in, in in certain church circles, we don't do this here, but many times in many church circles, um, it, it's almost as if if you're enjoying your life too much, then you know God may not you know be glorified. And I've even heard uh, pastors say before if if something you know feels too good or or seems to make you too happy then check it it might be sin and 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 that's an exact quote check it it might be sin but what i want you to understand today is that when you have a pure heart, when you have allowed the Lord to purify your heart, then your everyday life should be enjoyable. Your everyday life and the way you live it should feel good. Uh, we're not talking about an ungenerated heart. We're not talking about the heart of a sinner. Yeah, true, true enough. Someone that is is in sin and has not allowed the Lord to purify their heart and who has not uh, made, you know, uh, accepted the Lord as their as their Lord and Savior and opened up themselves uh, to life in Christ, then yes, that is the case. Many times things that feel good may not be good for them or may be sin. Uh, But when we really get into the heart of God, when we really uh, allow uh, the ways and the will of God to uh, begin to uh, do a number on us and change us, then we should be able to have happy, victorious, prosperous lives. Both, uh, he said, the scripture says, I would that you prosper." prosper even as your soul prospers. At some point, we figured we, we just took it for granted that the Lord didn't want us to have nothing and, and didn't want us to ever have anything. But he said he wants us to prosper as our soul prospers. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things that you need, the wealth, uh, the money, the food, you know, the houses, whatever it is that you need will will follow after you. He's always been about our position that we have him, not about not wanting us to have anything else. So pay attention to this lesson today, because this lesson today will be the difference between living a happy, prosperous, and victorious life and just existing or living a hard, uh, a hard life. So it's kind of the difference between uh, this. Can you guys see that? It's kind of the difference between this or this okay so so you can kind of you live life you know both of them as a horse, right? We're both living, but when we really really lean into God's word and we begin to guard our heart, then we make sure that we're not stuck with this, but we can have the full effect of everything that God is offering us. So today we're going to talk about wisdom, be on guard, be on guard, guarding our heart, which is our mind and also our will and we'll get into that here in a moment. So, be on guard. We're coming from uh, the book of Proverbs chapter number four. Our key verse today is four and 23. So first, I just want to talk to you about what it means to guard something or to protect something. Um, What are some things, and I want you to think about these and put them in the chat. What are some things that we work to protect or some things that we work to guard? I put a few examples up here. You know, we guard our homes. I was thinking about it uh, not too long ago. Jessica and I invested in a, a ring doorbell and put a ring doorbell on our front door. And so every time anything comes by, even if a, a car that's too large comes by the street, the ring doorbell goes off and tells us that we have motion. And we're looking on our phones and seeing, well, what is that? Well, who is that? Is that the Amazon man at the door? Or, you know, what's what's going on here? And we're constantly looking and checking that camera when something comes across the path. And it could be an animal or, or whatever the case may be. Matter of fact, they've got a neighborhood function in there where people post videos that they have seen And uh, recently, there's been a lot of videos where people are posting uh, that overnight people are coming around and checking people's car doors, people who park their cars in the driveway or on the streets and the ring doorbells picking up individuals who are riding by and checking car doors to see if somebody left their car unlocked to try to steal their vehicles. And so people install things like ring cameras to protect their vehicles or to protect their home. Uh, We we believe very strongly in protecting our children. You know, you wanna uh, wanna make a parent angry, you know, cross their children or do something to their children that's not unfair and see how quickly they respond to the situation. Uh, Many of us, we wanna protect our feelings, you know, we're we're cognizant about certain situations and cognizant about certain things uh, that happen in our life or people that we let in our life because we want to protect our feelings. We don't want to open ourselves up too much because of how someone is. So we want to guard or protect our feelings. Uh, And maybe y'all didn't hear me say, put some things in the chat that you know uh, that that you want to protect, or that people try to protect, uh, but we try to protect our home, our children, our families. Uh, many of us may try to protect our jobs, specifically if we feel like somebody is coming to try to take our job or wants to get our job. We uh, we work again to protect our feelings. For some people, especially many men, we work to protect our cars, not just from being stolen, but we wash them and wax them, and we want to protect the paint and we want to uh, protect. Um, you know, the, 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 the interior of the car and keep it in pristine, pristine condition. Uh, we want to protect our identities. Uh, we want to, you know, make sure that nobody steals our identity. Some of us have identity monitoring and different things, credit karma, and uh, a, a lot of different things to protect our identity because we don't want someone trying to take our identity or trying to steal our credit uh, or whatever the case may be. I have a client who actually Uh, I'm doing some things for her. And one of the things that she wants to protect in some of the things that we're drafting is a ring. She's got a ring and it's a, it's a very expensive ring. Uh, um, it's, it's actually, and this is maybe unbelievable to many of you because it was unbelievable to me. Uh, but It's a $78,000 ring that she owns and and she's working and we're working to write her will in such a way that it's protected, that it goes to a certain person and that they know where it is. And it's in this safe place, this deposit box where she's trying to protect it. And so you know Some other examples here, we talked about someone trying to protect their investments. That was actually the next thing I was going to say, Brother Olu, is protect your investments or protect your finances, as Jessica is saying here. Uh, we, 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 we work very hard. We put our things in stocks and bonds, and we want to make sure that our finances are protected. We don't want to be too risk-heavy, because if we go too risky with the investment, then it could come crumbling down. So we try to be careful with what we invest in. We try to protect our peace, which may go back to our feelings or to our hearts hearts, like Sister Gianna and Brother Olu said, because we want to be careful uh, to make sure that uh, uh, that we are protecting our feelings, we're protecting our peace, we're protecting our hearts by the situations that we allow ourselves to come into or the people that we surround ourselves with. We want to protect who we are, our character. So we spend a lot of time, we spend a lot of money, and we spend a lot of energy protecting the things that we consider to be valuable or important to us. But protection uh, of, of what is valuable and protection of what is important, we have to understand that Proverbs is wisdom for life. Okay, let me start there. Proverbs is wisdom for life. So Proverbs would not discourage us from protecting those things that we just mentioned, those things that we just mentioned. But I want us to think of it in such a way it says proverbs tells us it wouldn't discourage us again from protecting those things but we have to think of uh but we have to think of what is the most valuable okay we have to think of what is the most valuable and and proverbs talks to us in the fourth chapter about what is most valuable to us is not usually what we would think of as being most valuable to us. So the scripture tells us in in the Gospels, it tells us that where our treasure is, there our hearts will be also. So all of those things that we just talked about, if we're not careful, those things can become our treasures, whether it's our children, whether it's our identity, whether it is our credit score, whether it is our investments, those things can become our treasure because where our treasure is the scripture says there your heart will be also so where you're putting your time where you're putting your attention where you're putting your energy, where you're putting your care, those things become your treasure. But it's interesting because the book of Proverbs tells us, specifically tells us, to guard our hearts, okay? So it says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, but the book of Proverbs turns that and tells us that that we need to guard what is our heart. So we need to guard our heart so that our heart does not just go with every treasure that we have. And I use treasure loosely in that way, but we need to guard our heart so that our treasure is just not pulled with every wind of what it is that we consider to be valuable. We've got to put some guards or some safe keepings around our heart so that the wealth that we have doesn't have us. So that the things that uh, we acquire do not acquire our hearts. We've got to put some guards, some safeguards around our heart. Now, how important is that? Well, it's pretty important because he tells us that we need to do this above all else. We've got to do it above all else. So he says that we need to keep our heart in the New King James Version to keep our heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life to keep our heart with all diligence. Uh, The New New International Version says above all else, guard your heart. And, and, And it's interesting because that word keep your heart with all diligence or above all else guard your heart so the scripture tells us to guard our hearts with all the strength that we have with all the diligence that we can muster we are to make our chief goal to guard and to keep our heart with all that we have we are to guard our heart and i think we should just stop there to understand and to realize what the scripture is telling us here We don't see this type of language with its intensity too often, but it tells us that with everything that we have, with all the diligence that we can muster, with all of the strength that we have, that we should be guarding our hearts. We should be guarding our hearts. So what is the heart? What is the heart? The heart is the totality of all that we are, and it becomes all that we do. It is the totality of all we are, so it makes sense that we have to guard it with all that we have. OK, so if, if everything that I have is inside of a, if inside of my house and so I've got my car in the garage and I've got my uh, uh, that 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 platinum ring that I told you about that was eighty thousand dollars that my client has that's in her house and everything that we have, all of our earthly possessions are inside of our house. It makes sense to guard that with all the strength that we have. So we want an, an alarm system and, you know, maybe we want depending on how much money we have or how much we're trying to guard we may even have an armed guard because everything that we have is wrapped up in this house, okay? But, It's a completely different thing if I'm moving out of that house and I take everything that I own and take it outside of that house and that house is empty, then I'm not going to quite guard that house with as much as I have or it may not make sense to guard that house with everything that I've got because even if a thief breaks in, there's nothing for him to steal because I have removed all of those things from outside of the house. So I give you that natural example because I want you to understand that your heart is the seat of everything that you have. And I'm not just talking about your natural heart that beats. I'm talking about your heart from the way that the scripture talks about your heart. The heart is the totality of everything we have. So we have to guard it with everything that we've got. The heart is our emotions. The hearts are the seat of our thoughts. The hearts are the beginnings uh, uh, of our actions. Our hearts our, where our plans come from. Our hearts are where our habits are born out of. Our hearts are where our attitudes come from. So why guard your heart? Why would we work so hard to guard our heart? Because it is the most important. The heart is the most important. And why is it the most important? Because physically speaking, if we go back to the physical organ of the heart, it is something that is essential to life. It is something that is essential to life. If I tell you that someone's heart has stopped beating, you don't have to ask me whether or not they're living or dead. If I tell you that someone's heart has ceased to beat and that their heart is no longer beating, that their heart has stopped, you don't have to ask me if that person is dead or alive. Because we know that when the heart stops, that a byproduct of the heart stopping is death. Even if your problem isn't a heart attack or some type of heart disease, if anything else happens to you, your heart stops beating. So it's essential to life, and it's something that you cannot live without. But in the scripture, the word heart goes beyond just that natural organ of the heart, but it is also part and parcel to the brain or the mind. It's another, the brain or the mind is another essential organ that we cannot live without. If I tell you that someone is brain dead absent some machine that is artificially beating their heart, you also know that that person is dead. I remember as a child, I had a, a friend that I used to go to church with who was in a bad accident. And they said, I remember still to this day, they said that he was brain dead. And at the time, I didn't understand what that meant. But, but being brain dead is essentially being dead. Because when you're, you are brain dead, then your heart will also stop beating. It's another essential organ that you cannot live without. Now, there's a lot of things that you can live without. People can live without a kidney. People can live without their tonsils. People can live without heart valves because they've got artificial valves that can go in. People can have their spleen removed and still live. People can live without their reproductive organs or women can live without their reproductive organs. Some people have to have their colon removed or their gallbladder or their appendix, uh, their arms, their 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 feet, their legs. But you cannot live without your heart or your brain. It is, the, it is the essence of everything that you are, okay? And so when we talk about the heart, the Bible says, and, and the Bible tells us that above all, we are to guard our heart not just because it's the seat of natural life, but because it's the seat of, of our internal life or our spiritual life or our internal man. So I gave you a different version of Proverbs 4 and 23. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. And we see that here, keep it with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. But i spent some time revamping that scripture. And, and, and when you really look at it, this is what it's saying. It says, with the perfect whole of you, everything you've got, the perfect whole of you, with everything that you have, with everything that you can muster, it tells us to confine or imprison and guard your inner man. Stop that for a minute. Let's stop for a minute. With everything that you've got, it says take your heart and confine it or imprison it. And it is not talking about imprisoning it from the standpoint of of a negative way. Like it's something that you don't get to have. But what it's saying is that it's saying to, to put it up where nobody else can get to it. You ought to guard your heart. There ought to be some gates uh, uh, around your heart. You ought to imprison your heart in such a way that you determine who gets to visit it. You determine who gets to to deposit into it, okay? Don't just have yourself out there where anybody is just putting in you and adding to you and giving to you. and, 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 And everything that's around you is just getting on the inside of your inner man. And then you wonder why you're depressed. You wonder why you're despondent. You wonder why you got anxiety. You wonder why you got all these negative thoughts and thinking. It's because of what and who you have allowed to deposit into your inner man Because that is where life flows from. So if you show me somebody that's depressed, if you show me somebody that's anxious and and, and so many things that we have defined today as essentially being mental disorders and giving people medicine for if they would just guard their heart, much of that would go away. But we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. We want to live uh, uh, footloose and fancy free. We want to listen to whatever we want to listen to. We want to watch whatever we want to watch. We want to do whatever we want to do. We don't want to imprison our heart and be careful with who and what we allow around it. And then we'll just take a pill. Okay. But no, the Bible tells us that with the perfect whole, with everything that you've got, with everything that you've got, do you understand what that means with everything? Thing that you've got with every fiber of your being, confine or imprison and guard your inner man, which encompasses your mind, which encompasses your heart, which encompasses your will, your mind, how you feel, your, I'm sorry, your mind, how you think, your heart, how you feel, your will, what you do. That, that when you look up that word heart, it encompasses all of those things. Your mind, how you think, your heart, your inner man, how you feel about something, your emotions. How, why, why are you feeling depressed? Well, think about the thoughts that you're thinking, your mind, your heart, your will. Why did I do that? Well, it was in your heart. It didn't just come out of nowhere. You did it because it was in your heart. Why am I thinking that? You thought it because it was in your heart. Why am I feeling this way? You felt it because it's in your heart. And it said, because why? Why did it tell us to take everything we've got and imprison or and guard our heart? It says, for from that escapes, and I'm not just making up words here. That's what it comes out to. It says, for from that, from what? Your heart, from the seed of your emotions, escapes how you live your life, or how your life you live, as I said, but how you live your life from that escapes. How you live your life. Now, again, this is not a play on words here. I didn't use the word escape because it went well with imprison. I use the word escape because that is what it translates to in the Hebrew. So look at this scripture again here. He says, put your heart in prison. And and, and and don't think of prison in this sense as a negative term. Think of it as when someone or something is when someone is in prison, they can't just be visited by any old body. There there, there has to be a process by which someone comes to visit them. So that's what he's saying. He said, put your heart in a place where it is protected. Okay. So imprisoned here doesn't mean that it's necessarily in a negative sense. It means that it is protected. Okay. So your, your heart is protected because, because why? Because from out of your heart, from out of what you let into you, now, things may come in for a while, and that's why we don't really consider depression or anxiety or, 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 or just feelings of helplessness or feelings of, you know, I'll never be anything, I'll never make anything of myself, feelings of stress or anxiety, whatever. We don't think of those things as being related to what comes in because it doesn't just come in and then come right back out. Sometimes you might live your life. Thinking you all right for quite some time because these things are coming in. These toxins are coming into your mind, into your heart. And then all of a sudden now what is coming out? It's escaping little by little. You, you try to keep it in. You try to keep a hold of your emotions. You try to keep a hold of your thoughts. You try to keep a hold of your will, the things that you do. But But, but because of what's in your heart, escaping is how you live your life. Escaping from out of your heart is how you live your life. Little pieces here and there. I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I'm acting like that. I don't know why I felt that way. I don't know why I said that thing. It's because of what you have allowed into you is escaping in how you live your life. So after not too long, we'll be able to tell how you spend your time in private by what you do in public because it's escaping from your heart. But the scripture, the scripture tells us to guard it with all that we've got. And why, 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 why do we want to guard our heart? Because from out of it is escaping how we live our life. From out of it, from, from, from the way that we guard our heart, we either get the first picture of that horse that's, that, that just, that's barely recognizable as a horse, or we get the big, beautiful, vibrant picture of the horse. That that is what we get based on what we allow into ourselves. How are you living your life? How is your life going up to this point? How are you feeling today on November the 15th, 2020? How are you feeling today? And and I can guarantee you that your response of how you have felt over these this last week, over this last month, however long you want to take a cross-section of, I guarantee you that how you are feeling as in the aggregate or in the whole has directly to do with what you have allowed into your heart. Directly to do with how you have guarded your heart. Have you guarded your heart just a little bit? But 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 really not all that much. Or have you guarded your heart with everything that you have and with all that you can muster? So let's talk here. I want to talk to you about five ways. Quickly, we're going to go through this five ways to guard your heart. And we get these right from Proverbs chapter number four. The first one is we guard our heart by guarding our mouths. Verse Proverbs 4 and 23 says, to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. And then the next verse tells us, to keep our mouth free from perversity, keep corrupt talk from your lips. So what are the words that you are saying? Think about your speech. What are the words that you are saying? What are the words that you are saying out loud? What are the words that you are saying to yourself? Your unconscious self-talk. The things that don't even register in your mind is actual full-blown thoughts, but it's just a, 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 in the back of your mind. They never even surface up to come to the front of your mind, but, but it's a negative talk going on in the background. What are you saying to yourself? What is your unconscious self-talk? Um, he says to keep perversity free from your mouth or, or, or your mouth free from perversity, rather, and to keep corrupt talk far from your lips. And all this means is crooked talk or anything that departs from wisdom. And then the second way that he gives us is he said to guard your eyes, guard your eyes. It was Job who said, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look up on a woman lustfully, but it doesn't have to just be a lustful look or looking up on someone lustfully. We can look up on things lustfully, but we have to be careful regardless of what it is that we're looking at It could be anything, but we have to be careful. We have to be careful what we are doing with our eyes because our eyes are the entrance to our heart. It's one of the entrances to our heart. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we looking at? whether it be movies, whether it be uh, images, whether it be what you're looking at on Instagram, what you're looking at on Facebook. Some of us could afford to go into Instagram and delete some followers or delete some people that we follow because we know that the things that they post are are, are not lifting us up in any way, not just in God, but not even in life. It's not lifting us up. All they're doing is trying to post all the good things about their life to make you feel like you're missing out on something, but you never see what goes on on the negative side. So then you think something's wrong with your life because of what you're looking at in their life, but they got issues too, but you'll never see that because they're going to post the good things. What are you using your eyes for regularly? It could be pornography. It could be violence, constantly looking at something that's got violence in it, constantly looking at something that's got pornography in it. Oh, well, you know, it, it's just a show. It's not a show about, you know, I mean, it's just got a little pornography in it. Oh, well, you know, it's just got these negative things in it. No, with all diligence, with everything that you've got, guard your heart. I'd rather be in a position where I guard my heart more than I maybe need it to than to guard my heart in such a way that, that I let so many things come through that now all of these negative things are escaping in the way that I live my life, okay? Okay. So we have to be careful. He's saying don't let anything that is not wise become even a a pastime for you. Look straight ahead, he says. You call it entertainment, but Proverbs calls it a distraction. Look straight ahead. Many of us can't do this because we don't even know what we're looking straight ahead to. We don't know where we're going. It's hard for us to focus on any object or any plan or any event on which to focus. We don't have a real focus in our lives because we don't have any plans for our life. But the Bible tells us that man plans his way and God orders his steps. And we're going to talk about that in the coming weeks but he tells us here in this scripture let your eyes look straight ahead and fix your gaze straight before you don't allow distractions to come up in the way that you in in the things that you look at don't allow distractions to come up but then he tells us to go a little further and he says give careful thoughts to the path for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways so now he's talking about our thoughts our actual thoughts he says not just the negative self talk that we talked about a couple slides ago about keeping perversity from our mouth, but now he talks about our thoughts. And he says, give careful thought. That word means to ponder. Careful thought means to ponder. And the word ponder means to weigh something so we're not just walking in a path and not really thinking about it just waking up every day and just just walking and not really thinking about it no we're giving careful thought to the path that we walk we're giving uh we're pondering or we're weighing out our options and we're being steadfast in all of our ways so we're allowing our thoughts not to just walk not to just go not to just go mindlessly but we're giving careful thought Careful thought to the things that we do, to the places that we go, to the people who we speak to. Careful thought. Why? Because our heart is on a shelf. Our heart is being imprisoned because we know everything that ends up going into our heart is going to seep out into our bloodstream. It's going to seep out into who we are. It's going to seep out into the way that we live our life. So no, 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 no. We're not just doing any old thing. We're giving careful thought. We're pondering our ways. And so we're thinking about what we're thinking about, if you will. And I don't know, many of you probably have never thought about what you're thinking about. Took some time and thought about the act- That you're taking took some time and thought about the thoughts that are constantly coming into your mind. Take that unconscious self thought and bring it to the forefront of your mind and begin to examine the thoughts that you think and begin to replace your old smelly nasty thoughts with new thoughts. Put your mind on higher things. Put your mind on the things that are above that are with Christ seated at the right hand of God. He tells us also to guard our actions. He says don't turn to the right or to the left, but keep Keep your foot from evil. So even when you get to the point where you didn't say it, okay, you know what? I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about. And, and I thought this out. And these are the things I pondered my ways. I've weighed my options. And I'm going to go this way because this is the best way you might get in that thing and still feel like going astray because sometimes it's easier to make up your mind to do the right thing. But then when you get in the situation, then all of a sudden you're ready to turn your mind. You're ready to change your mind. You're ready to do something that is not what you even promised yourself that you would do because it gets a little harder when you're going in the way. But the happiest people in the world, studies have shown, are the people who have self-discipline. So you've got to discipline yourself and discipline your actions even when you don't feel like it anymore, even when your thoughts have turned against you when you get in the thick of things and you're in that situation and you feel like giving up. You said you was going to eat right. You said you was going to do this certain thing, but then when you get in it and you get hungry, all of a sudden you're just going back to the fridge or going back to the fast food restaurant to get the things that made you feel good. But no, when you get in the situation, you said you were going to serve God with all you got. You said that's it this time. I'm drawing a line in the sand and I'm going to pray every day and I'm going to seek the Lord and I'm going to get into his word and I'm going to work on myself and I'm going to work on my development and I'm going to develop myself. But then when 5am or 6am rolled around, you don't feel like getting out of the bed, but that's the time that you sink your heels in and say, you know what? I don't feel like it, but if I only did what I felt like doing, I would never become anything that mattered. I'm not going to turn to the right or for, to the left, but I'm going to keep my feet from evil. I'm going to keep my promises and I am going to discipline myself. The last thing that I want us to get from this is that we guard our heart with intensity. We guard our heart with intensity. Look at the words that are used here in Proverbs 4 and 23 through 27. He says, keep your heart with what? All diligence, everything that you got. He said, for out of it springs the issue of life. He says, put away your deceitful mouth. Put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight. Let your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. He said, no, no time for dibbling and dabbling. Don't turn to the right or to the left and remove your feet from evil. Listen to the intensity with which this scripture has. There's not too many other places in the Bible that you can see where the scripture says, even in verse 23, to keep your heart with all diligence. It makes me think about the scripture where Jesus gave them and he told them, what is the greatest and the, the, and the best commandment? And he said, it's to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your strength. He said, love me with every fiber of your being. And he says right here in this scripture, with that same intensity, with that same everything you've got, guard your heart. Because out of what is in your heart will spring forth how you live. And many times in the church, we've gotten things backwards. Many times in the church, we have tried to tell people to to deal with the issues of life, and, and, and somehow that's magically going to transform their heart. And so we're worried about doing the right things. But truthfully, if you want the truth from me today, I will tell you, life is not about doing the right things. Life is about having the right heart. It's not about staying away from the bad things and not doing the things that are bad. It's about getting your heart in such a place that out of your heart flows good things because you can look good all day and you can do good things all your life and bust hell wide open. But when your heart is right, then can't no evil and corruptness come out of a good heart. Perverseness cannot come out of a pure heart. The, the scripture puts it like this. It said that salt water and fresh water cannot come out of the same tap. So he said, if your heart is pure, then out of your heart, pure emotions will go. Pure emotions will follow. And, and, and the thing that we have to understand and know is that he tells us with intensity he directs us. It's a plea from a father to a son this is an all or nothing. He said, master this, and you're going to have the the second painting of the horse where everything looks good and it looks beautiful. He said, but if you mess it up, you're going to struggle your entire life. And the best you're going to have is that little childlike drawing of the horse. Your heart will not be lived. I mean, your, your life will not be lived to the full. You will not have life and have it more abundantly. You will have a life and have it barely. But this is something that has to be done over and over and over again. You don't guard your heart one day and then the next day even let it up and then the next day guard it. No, this is something that you have got to make a lifestyle. You've got to make it a lifestyle. I heard something uh, a while ago and it was talking about motivation and it said, you know, motivation is nothing. You know, motivation is not good because see, you know, the thing about motivation is that it wears off. You know, motivation wears off. And so, you know, ain't no sense in having motivation because it just wears right off. Well, you know, you take a shower and and after you get out of the shower, you get dirty again, too. But, But what do you do the very next day? you take another shower. It's not that motivation doesn't work. It's not that motivation doesn't help you. It's just that you've got to keep your mind in a constant state of motivation if you want to get something done that you have put your heart to. This is the same way with guarding your heart. You don't get to guard your heart one time, just like you didn't take a shower last Friday and expect to be fresh today. You didn't take a shower last month and expect that November you would be all right because you took a shower in October. No it is something that you do on a regular basis. It's something that you do on a daily basis in order to keep yourself clean. You have got to guard your heart with all that you've got. You don't get in the shower and just wash your arms. you got to wash your whole body with all that you've got, with all of your intensity, with everything that you can muster. You have got to guard your heart because out of it, escape, out of the pores of your heart, just like out of the pores of your skin, if you stink because you ain't took no shower, out of the pores of your skin, you will begin to smell and people around you will begin to smell a smell because you haven't washed yourself. But when you don't wash your heart, then out of the pores of your heart, begin to escape nastiness, begin to escape depression, begin to escape anxiety, begin to escape fear, begin to escape doubt. Begin to escape worry, begin to escape confusion, and all that Satan represents begins to escape from your heart because you have not made it a a constant everyday thing to guard your heart. It is not possible to passively guard your heart, just like it's not possible we talked about a few weeks ago to passively obtain wisdom. We've got to go after wisdom with all that we've had. And going after wisdom is our offense. But then guarding our heart, once we get some wisdom, is our defense. And in order, if you're passively guarding your heart, then you will have actively allowed your heart to be opened up. To passively guard your heart is to leave your heart unguarded. It must be a constant, everyday thing, a constant, careful watchfulness. What are people storing in you? What have you allowed the movie director to store in your heart with the things that you watch? What have you allowed the mu- the music producer to store in your heart with the things that you've listened to? What have you allowed the people around you to store in your heart by the conversations that you are a part of? What have you allowed into your heart by the words that you speak? <clears throat> What have you allowed into your heart by the things and the images that you're looking at? Because the problem is that after a while, those things that are in your heart will begin to escape out of your heart. You've got to learn, saints, to interrupt some conversations that people want to make you a part of. you got to learn to ask some people to turn off some music that you don't want to hear or that makes you uncomfortable? What would it look like for you to tell your barber, to tell your beautician, I don't want to hear that? Is there any other options that we could have for music? What would it look like for you to make the sacrifice to not watch some things that maybe you actually want to see or want to watch? To have the discipline to turn off some movies that somebody told you was good, but is really full of stuff that you should not allow into that imprisoned hearts to stop watching some TV shows and stop watching some talk shows that you shouldn't be seeing. We must encounter God. We've got to encounter God and we've got to stop doing the encounter intuitive things by encountering God every Sunday at church, and then opening that same heart that we've opened up to his word, that same heart that we've opened up to his will, and opening that heart up to all the things and all the junk that this world has to offer. I want you to read, we read Proverbs uh, 4 and, uh, and and 23 through the end of the chapter, but I want you to read Proverbs 4 and 1 through 22. It says 21, but through 22, and go ahead and just read through the rest of the chapter. But we've got to guard our heart. It's not enough to just pursue wisdom. It's not enough to just encounter God. We've got to protect what God has given us. We've got to protect what it is that we have pursued. And not through merely reading his word, but allowing ourselves to respond to his word by listening to his word and guarding our heart and guarding our heart. Amen. Amen. I pray, I pray that you have gotten something out of this message today. We're going to pray together because we could all use some help in this area of our life. Father, we come before you. God, we thank you for your many magnificent blessings. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, because the fact that we're here right now means that you've given us another chance. It means that you have given us another opportunity to hear your voice. Another opportunity, oh God, to open up our hearts to your word, oh God, and to close it off to the things of this world. We ask, oh God, right now, Lord Jesus, that you open up our heart to everything that has went forth today, Lord God. You said that your word will not return unto you void, but it shall accomplish what it was sent forth to accomplish. God, allow the seeds of the word that went out today, Lord Jesus, to be buried in our heart oh god and help us lord jesus to to guard and keep our heart just like you told adam and eve to guard and keep the garden of eden the same way you told them to tend and keep it god let us tend and keep our heart that way let us take the seeds of the word of god oh god and allow them lord jesus to germinate in our heart that they may grow into a heart that's like yours oh god a heart like yours is our desire oh god a heart like yours is what we're longing for Lord Jesus. Help us, oh God, to open ourselves up to your word and to close ourselves off to the things of the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray in Jesus name. Amen and amen. 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 I thank the Lord for you all today. I thank the Lord for you all being here. Um, I, I, I'm just happy to, uh, to see those of you that have have come out today i'm glad to see a man sister uh robbie uh my my neighbor here uh good to see you sister nadine and and i'm sure um uh, i'm sure that brother green is probably there with you as well because i i see you looking over there so i'm guessing that that's where, that's where she was looking at is that her husband uh so i'm glad to see you good to see you sir good to see you uh, i'm glad to see you both here and to all of those of you that have come out um, we're gonna go ahead and 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 dismiss um the giving options. You all uh probably well know those. Uh we um we you can give through the cash out, which is dollar sign relationship ch, dollar sign relationship ch, or you can give through texting the word give to 314 720 And may God richly bless you, amen, for um your obedience in giving. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. We thank you, God, because it's forever settled in heaven. God, we ask you right now, God, allow your will. God, your perfect will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, oh God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to no matter what the world says, no matter how the times change, no matter uh, what may be the new trends or how things are currently going in this world, God, help us, Lord Jesus, to always be willing to bow our will to your will to bow our way to your way, Lord Jesus. And we ask, Lord Jesus, even if it causes us pain, that you break our will, Lord Jesus, and impose your will or implant or engraft your will in us, oh God. Give us the desire to see your will done in this earth, just like it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, God, protect everyone under the sound of my voice in this crazy, dangerous world that we live in, Lord Jesus. Protect your people. Watch over us, oh God. Protect our families, sick loved, sick loved ones, oh God. Send, oh God, virtues of healing into hospital wounds right now, Lord Jesus. And God, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. For you are worthy of praise. And you have made us worthy
0: to praise your name. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope this has been a blessing. Join us live on Sunday via Zoom. Relationship Kids starts at 1130 a.m., prayer at 1230 p.m., and our Sunday service starts at 1245 p.m. All times given are in the central time zone. The login number is 314-720-8880 feel free to call that number for prayer or text the word connect there to grow with us again that number is 321-720-8880 until next time take care